It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. Welcome to episode 59 of the Redirect Podcast. It is Friday, October 5th. 2018, Jason Dodge, founder of Black Truck Media and Marketing, joined this week by Ashley and Patrick from the Black Truck team. Hey, gang. Hello. Hey. Happy <laughs> fall. I don't think it was officially fall when it, we recorded the last It podcast. was, but we was neglected it? to mention it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it sure as hell feels like it yeah. out there right now. It's so. cold and raining. It's cold and, yeah, it's 40s and raining here in Michigan, so... Yeah. Uh, I suppose wherever you are in the world, maybe it's nicer, but it's nasty cold here today. <laughs> so, winter's coming. Winter's far enough away where we shouldn't talk about it yet. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be 70 tomorrow. True. This is a weird point in time yeah. in the Midwest where we see weird weather patterns. So, All right, Pat, you elected to uh, take on the first round sure. here since you were <clears throat> absent from the last podcast. So sure. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks. Good to be here, folks. Uh, <laughs> so I want to talk about something that here at Black Truck we talk about from time to time and don't really know the direction or what the answers are. However, um, it's a big, scary item. Link building. Mm. Uh, in my notes, I wrote G-A-H-H-H exclamation point. So it's scary work. Um I cut my teeth in this industry in link building when I first got into this at a prior uh, employment. My job was link builder. And in that period of time, uh, from day one to the end of my two years there, the thing I learned at the beginning was considered black hat by the end and was a big no-no. And it was right at the industry shift, right? Um, this was 2012 through 2014 or so in that ballpark. Um, and every day since then, it's gotten... More and more confusing and darker and stranger and no one really knows what's the right thing to do anymore. Um, we yeah, shifted. people still yeah people yeah. still build links yeah and like, there's still and there's fine. still places out there that are selling links <laughs> right know? maybe that's yeah maybe that's what we should yeah do. <laughs> right um, so after that just quantity low hanging fruit mm-hmm. volume type link building the industry moved towards um, outreach and um, guest blogging, and that caught on fire super fast. And even, even Google started producing a methodology between, behind um, creating a profile. I don't remember where the profile was hosted, but that caught fire, and like two months later, they came back and said, yeah, no, this isn't going to work anymore. We're not doing this. Stop creating these profiles. Um, well, I mean, give us... Give us nice things. SEOs are going to ruin it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You change the rule, we find the rule that isn't quite defined, <laughs> and we exploit, right? Um, so then as the outreach and the blogging kind of evolved and adapted, um, it became clear that the best way to do it is going to be content. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, outreach was content creation. Um, so uh, a week ago... Search Engine Land posted an article in conjunction with uh, the CEO of a, of a creative agency, and they uh, do create some links and build sites and um, creative of all sorts. But uh, the, 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 the gal, 
name was Lisa, I believe. I'm sorry, I don't have that name in front of me. I can get it here in a second. Lisa Barone. Um, she put best put forward a, a best methods, a kind of a, a good mm-hmm. practice, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's kind of um, a written form of what we've talked about here in the form of of just creating content, but using it towards um, the effort of creating uh, some links. Uh, the first step is creating goals. Mm-hmm. You can't just, they, they, they use the word hope in quotation marks mm-hmm. in the article, and uh, you can't just write something in the hopes that it's going to be cre- picked up somewhere. True. You know, it's, it, it's, it's uh, hopes and prayers and thoughts and those kind of things, <laughs> as, we, as we know, don't, don't get you anywhere. Um, Content be with you. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it starts, don't, don't write anything yet. Just start with what your objective is. What do you What do you want to try to do? This isn't necessarily something you're writing for your own blog post or your own newsletter or something on those lines. Mm-hmm. What What is an objective? Treat it like a, a business goal, not just a, we need to write X number of posts for the month of, of October. That's not what you're trying to do. And that can be in terms of audiences that you're trying to reach. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The next step is once you have a goal identified, um, find the core topic that you that you want to write about, um, and this is where it seems difficult to believe. But so many companies don't know how to define what it is that they do. They can't say what it is they do. They've been doing it for fifteen years, and they they have the sales every year to prove it. But they can't yeah. define what it is that they do. Yeah. And then uh, to reverse that, they can't define what people are searching for to get to them. They don't know how to connect the dots. Mm-hmm. So you need to, once you have your goal, you need to define what it is that you do and what people are looking for right. and, and connect those through the form of writing. Uh, Jason, I mentioned that we joked about this yesterday in passing and someone says, well, I don't, I don't know how to get that message across. And say, <laughs> this is the problem that I run into and people don't seem to find those. Well, what you just said, write that down. Yeah, nobody talks about what yeah. it is that they do. Yeah, properly. Uh, and then take a look at a content gap analysis. You've done through through your finding these these core things that you you're doing. You've done your keyword research. These things that you th- feel that like you need to write about. If you have a list of a handful of items, go out there and take a look at what people are writing for or, or searching for. And if there's a question that gets repeated. Do your own search on that. Do your own mm-hmm. due diligence. Is anybody answering that question in the form of, of an article? Totally. If not, write that article. Or could you outperform them? Or yeah, yeah. or, or perform yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Even if you are, even if you are on the board, the one that's lo- that's leading, is there shortcomings in it? Is there holes in it? Can you write it better? Um, once you've completed that content gap analysis, the goal is to then get it get it picked up. Get it hosted. Once if you, if you can find something that closes that gap, the uh, sources of hosting this content that you write could pick that up. You present it to them, and they could possibly host it on their site. Uh, then from there, just getting it hosted or picked up somewhere is the is the second to last step. Then you got to create that. That article has to be linkable. It has to be something that people, the average Joe, is going to want to use and share and have. So let's talk about outreach then for a minute. I mean, because you, you kind of took us through the whole, the whole, um, timeline, if you will, of, uh, you know, manual link building, quantity, 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 kind of at all costs to quality over quantity. Uh, there, there are still people that win, um, 
links through outreach, manual outreach. Um, we also know the problem with that is, is it's not scalable, right? right? That's what it always comes back to is, will it scale? And no, it won't because the human factor. So unless you're spamming the absolute hell out of people, <laughs> which most outreach people do, mm-hmm. then even if they are targeted, no, they're spamming people. Mm-hmm. There's nothing natural about that. Right. So what's your take on, what's your take on outreach and, yeah, and, I, and I going think, about that? I think outreach, I, you, you just can't do it. I, I tried it. For a long time, I think that um, I mean I, I even wrote that in here it, that right now um, the way I, I finished my notes are is uh, do it right and don't have to worry about it tomorrow. Right. You know, meaning um, don't create the quick win. This is not a it's not a sprint. It's not even a marathon. It's an it's barely an ultra marathon. You know, it's it used to be get X volume. Then it was like okay, work a few hours, try to get one. Now you could what I just described. You could do all that work and it still could lead to zero links, which is frustrating mm-hmm. as heck. And the scalability of it is difficult, and it's that's the nature of of the beast right now. Well, and before too, there wasn't there wasn't uh, if you had shoddy content or you were just building links, build links again. Right. Mm-hmm. You didn't have the content. You didn't have the message to back it up. Right. Now what you're saying is, if I have the message to back it up, actually outreach very hyper targeted would become easier. Now that yeah. might be. Uh, um, where maybe you're working alongside much like a PR firm who's who's pitching your business, pitching your story, um, that ultimately could get that story picked up and have the flywheel effect and things can grow from there. We're not talking about press releases. Press releases are no. not link building. Agreed. Press releases are not content curation and generation either. It's a way to notify media. That's it. We'll end the discussion there. And the, yeah. And then the link will come from if the media picks up the story and publishes. And more often you. than not, that, that intern who is being uh, assigned to review those press releases is just going to copy and paste verbatim what's right. in them. That a press release today is not the same press release no. 20 years ago. No. no. So then you get a bunch of the same content out there distributed, a bunch of... Bunch of other sites, but hey, yeah. we got the links out of it. So I wanted to know about outreach. I kind of wanted yeah, to know. Yeah, so if that was... it's it's not it's refined outreach. Yep. You know, it's still yep. the you can call it outreach, but it's it's not what we learned a couple years ago. Sure. It's more along the lines of you talk to your. It's it's peer to peer communications. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. It's it's not necessarily the blind stab in the dark. Oh, this person on this site on the other side of the right. country does the same thing. I'm going to do outreach. Then it's like, no, it's it's use your networks, use mm-hmm. your peers levels, and and talk to the people that are other professionals in the industry. Industry create, connections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Create those those relationships. And if you're feeling brave, you can reach beyond that to connect with people that you may not have such close connections with, but. If you do your research on the person, this is my PR background coming yeah, in, yeah. you got to do your research on the person and really be able to explain to them why what you're offering could be useful to them to try to convince them that, yes, it is worth yeah. their while to Makes sense. connect and link up with your yeah. information. Right. So stop sending me requests to have your content on our site. Do oh, Ashley says, do your homework. Find out more about us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you then, don't. Then maybe we'll consider it. You wanna, you <laughs> Probably wanna, won't, but... No. Do you really want to pick my brain over a cup of coffee, or do you want to pitch me something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's tough. It's the same method as with the LinkedIn connection. Don't just blindly connect with this, people on LinkedIn. you got to explain to people why... 
why you want to connect. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, Ashley. <laughs> Can you right. piggyback off that? Or are you switching us oh, around? Oh, I'm switching us around a little bit. Um, I did want to mention, just in light of last week's discussion, that um, we had talked about the advancements coming in Google search and the different features and how some of those are related to keeping users on Google more. And um, Jason, you had sent me a link to um, a presentation at Brighton SEO recently by Rand Fishkin of SparkToro. And so we'll make sure to uh, drop that in the show notes too, because I think that that's an interesting, um, it has some interesting insights on how the search landscape has changed recently. And we've covered some of that in recent, in previous podcasts too, but the idea of uh, how your website is still going to be a very useful place to invest in and that when you invest in organic SEO, you're going to be outpacing your competitors who aren't when things might start to shift a little bit even farther in, in the direction that they're going. So right. um, it's a good good listen. So we'll drop some some notes in the link in the show notes on that. But what I wanted to talk about today... Um, is also maybe... Can I interrupt? Yeah. That's how you get a link. I mean, think about it. Like to come full circle, right? For sure. There's good content out there. Rand uh, gave a great presentation at Brighton SEO. Uh, He's got a blog post about it that covers it. Uh, What ends up happening, we pick it up, we read it. Hey, this is great. Boom. We're going to link to it. So there you go. SparkTor gets the link. Right. So going back to Pat's comment... uh, to continue the the diversion a little bit, to go back to Pat's comment of like you can't hope um, and and pray that people will pick up your content. Well, if you're creating helpful enough content, then it's um, and it's shared. Part of that there's the whole yeah, social right. sharing social side, side of it too, yeah. but that's a way to get links right. as well. So sorry, didn't mean to railroad you there. No, no, that's great. Good insight, and I'm glad that you did. So. Um, All right, so yeah, what I wanted to talk about today is something I stumbled across um, from Think with Google, and before I get into that, um, (laughs) (laughs) I'll kind of preface it a little bit. We'll we'll still refer to the marketing funnel in our discussions because that's a concept that people are very familiar with, Mm -hmm. um, and it still applies to some extent, but um, we will often say that the funnel is broken, you know, it's not what it used to be. It's not the traditional marketing funnel. And last uh, summer, we wrote a blog post about human-centered SEO and how the customer journey is no longer linear because of all the options available um, for researching at any step of the customer journey. And that could be anywhere from awareness to post-purchase and related to customer loyalty, all of those things. And so um, Think with Google, which is a Google website that shares consumer insights and marketing resources, uh, recently shared a, a really cool resource that's visually engaging, and it's called How Intent is Redefining the Marketing Funnel. Mm. And I thought it was really mm. relevant to right. our discussions. And again, this is you know maybe <clears throat> something that's not super new, but just maybe a deeper dive into some of the concepts. And so um, using data that they collected over the last six months with users' permission, uh, Google found that literally two, two customer journeys are not exactly alike, and um, in fact, the article says, even within the same category, journeys can take multiple shapes. And so, 
Again, we'll share the link in our show notes so that you can engage with this tool because it's, it's really interactive and fun. Um, it presents four different customer journeys for everything from a, like a low investment purchase like candy to mm. a really high investment purchase um, like a, an international trip. Oh, great. <clears throat> and you can click along their journey and see the kinds of touch points that they had with different kinds of searches along the way and how they searched. It was... Um, you know, whether it was mobile or desktop or YouTube, in this case, these are all Google properties. They, they do, they do bias toward themselves. Right, but right. But it's still useful insights. It's very relevant. Yeah. So, um, again, you can click on these steps and, and get some insights and it even has like an outline of what the customer journey looked like. So one is like a, a, it is like a funnel, but then it funnels back out <laughs> after, after the purchase is made and, mm. There's diamond shapes and everything, so it's just nice, nice visual um, examples. And so, um, let's see, what else did I want to say? So, another thing I pulled from there is the number of touch points that customers can have, and that's kind of a, a word that Google likes to use um, with like the micro moments and that sort of thing. But of the four customer profiles in this resource. Um, there was anywhere from 20 touch points throughout the journey for the purchase of uh, like candy is the low, fairly low consequence purchase. But for that international trip, it was like over 500 touch points throughout the journey. And this was like after they had purchased their tickets and it was like, even when they were on their trip, they were making searches related to their Mm -hmm. trip. So yeah, it's just helpful reminder of, exactly the kinds of people that are doing searches and, yeah. and how important it is to well, give them what they're looking for. We're a society of researchers, really. Whether, whether, whether people think they possess the, not to wax psychology here, but like whether people believe that they possess the intellect or not, human beings are naturally inquisitive and ask questions. Mm-hmm. And so what do we do? We go to Google to ask questions. Um, whether we engage in the apps on our phones, whether we engage with Google Search Direct, we're going there to ask questions. So it, it does, it gets less off of the topic of product base versus, you know, what and how can this product work for me? Um, does it speak to me? All of those great things. You know, certainly planning a trip there's a lot of time and money involved there versus buying candy. Mm-hmm. Um, and while those are, are two polar opposites, one another, um, similar things apply to it, mm-hmm. I think. And uh, I forget what the stat was. We included it. We, we hosted a, a, a local AMA chapter here in West Michigan. We hosted Marketing Week on Tuesday. And one of the stats we had rolling through a slide was, I, I think it's like, I can't remember what the percentage is. It's a huge percentage, like over 75% of people. Uh, it was probably closer to 85% of people do not purchase on the first visit. Mm. Right. I mean, it's, it's the, the stat is astronomically high. Um, meaning that even if you're running PPC campaigns, there's that 50, 50 chance that, okay, that person's already been to your site and you're hitting them again and they're going to purchase or, they haven't been to your site, you're hitting them and they're getting introduced to your brand, mm-hmm. which means they may or may not come back and convert, which is also why your last click attribution models are broken and, and things like that. So something to uh, something to think about there. Mm-hmm. 
That's really good. I look for. I haven't read that one yet. I get the emails. Sometimes I can get through them. Sometimes I can't. Mm-hmm. So that'll be yeah, really good. It's fun. It's a uh, pretty quick, but fun to interact with. Awesome. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. Through the broken funnel. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm gonna switch gears on you guys. Completely 180. We'll call this more of a. I'll, I'll try and go through maybe highlight some some key touch points here. I think this is probably something that's going to turn into uh, an entire other blog post. So call this a, a, a primer or primer, depending on where you're at. Whether it's primer. It's, the word is primer. I prefer, primer. I, I prefer primer because it's primer. I think about painting things. It's primer. So, you know, the body coat's coming soon. So. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going, I'm going total PPC route. Um, so if you're an on-time re- uh, online retailer, even a local business, what I want to talk about here is like, Okay, are you dragging your feet on holiday season campaigns? So yeah. whether whether we as consumers like it or not, the holidays are upon us. I was in a, a major retailer just the other day, saw Christmas stuff on the shelves already. So, um, you know, we, we blast right over Thanksgiving anymore. So um, so if you, if you haven't done anything yet, there's still some time to get your foot in the door when it comes to PPC tactics, meaning search, display, Video ads, even Facebook, uh, you know, social ads, I think, can all follow this. So, uh, making a lot of assumptions here that maybe you're already running some PPC campaigns or you have in the past, but um, just kind of want to walk through some steps, more or less, in a loose checklist on, um, you know, how can you better prepare yourself for uh, a proper strategy or a strategy that can really perform in the holiday season because. What you did last year might work marginally this year just because there's been enough changes in the Google Ads platform yeah. from 2017 to 2018. Hell, Pat, even there were there was one or two changes today even, I think, that rolled out that we were yelling at the screens about today. So as they happened in real time, uh, very much so. What the hell is this? Where did it go? <laughs> it was just here. So, and mind you, we've been using the latest version of ads for a year now. So we've, we've been using beta. So um, anyways, I, I think the biggest thing is that you want to you wanna take a moment. I suggest even if you can dedicate an entire day to it and really go through your previous year's campaigns, um, look at campaign data, look at the wins and losses. That's, that's what you're looking for here. Look at the campaigns or the ad group level. I suggest looking at campaign level, ad group level, and keyword level. Um, I would almost say ignore ads at this point and just look at that raw data to see where do we get the most conversions? Where do we get, where do we spend the most money? So where do we get the most wins? Where do we get the most losses? And, and, um, and outline that. So conversions, depending on your business, could be online revenue or sales. It could be lead generation, booking appointments or something like that if you're more service, uh, service oriented. Maybe it's gift cards. Um, you name it, but um, I think you need to use this conversion data as your guide to plan for the holiday season. And if you match that up with what you're spending the most on, you should see a positive return on those ad dollars. Or you're, you're, I think I, the caveat there is that if you're making a big push through the holiday season and it's kind of like at all costs, you may not, don't get too, I want to say, don't get too hung up on like positive return on ad spend on every single ad unit because if that just means that you adopt the principles of omni-channel advertising and rising tides model that 
you should be doing all things. You should be doing some search, you should be doing some display, you should be doing some video, you should be doing some paid social. I hope you're doing SEO and content marketing and email and backing it all up, you know, because all of that's gonna work together. So where one channel might appear to be losing, this is a perfect mm. segue from what Ashley was saying. If it takes 20 visits or 20 touch points or 500 mm. touch points for you to convert, you're not going to have a positive ROI on all these channels. Mm -hmm. So anyways, once you've kind of dialed that in, um, quick, really, really quick wins for you or to look at, um, at budgets. Don't make sure your budgets aren't limited. We've all run into those situations where, man, we could push that campaign further if we just had a little bit more budget. It has nothing to do with did we, did we burn through the budget too fast or not? No, we need more budget. So through the holiday season, don't get limited by budget. If that's a main selling season for you, ratchet that up, yeah. have it available there. Um, Pat and I talk about it all the time of, you know, if you gave us a real slim budget, would we want to try and spend that throughout the year or do we want to hammer shoulder seasons or key key time frames to spend that budget? I actually, in, uh, I communicated with a client today uh, who has a, a lighter budget and they've got me running several different ad groups in four different campaigns, and each campaign has several ad groups. And I pointed out to them that at the end of the day that uh, they have an average cost per click of $2.31, and when you break it down per campaign right now, or ad group, I don't remember which one it was, you're allotted $4 a day. <laughs> so with a $2. Two clicks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it's you got to show them that it's math sometimes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, be honest with people and show them that math. If you're if you're an agency and you're not you're not disclosing that type of information, shame on you. Um, if you're in house and you're not looking at that data, then you've got blinders pulled over your pulled over your eyes. Um, if it's it, I think there's case in point, reprioritize your budget. You, you yeah. need to reprioritize your budget to when you know. Um, you have to fish where the fish are. Yeah, um, that could even mean bidding on your brand. I can tell you that thirteen and a half years ago, when I first cut my teeth in PVC, we never ran brand centric search campaigns. Yeah, uh, we run quite a few of them now for some pretty great brands because one, they want to, they see the value in it, and you can direct a user exactly where you want to go. Plus, you. I'm sorry, but we have competitors that are bidding on it, or it might be dealer distributors. We discussed that here and, about, a, and, about six months ago. We yep, talked about bidding yep. on your own brand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so there could be a lot of things that come in that. So big things too. Uh, I, would, I would highly recommend build something out as simple as like a Google Doc or a Google Sheet, something that is shared amongst your team. So if you have multiple business units or different players, whether it's vendors and creatives and everything that need to be involved, that you can share whatever it is your promotions are gonna be. So you have that all in one place. You can go there and say, nothing's hidden. Nobody has any excuse to miss a promo or a deadline. Mm -hmm. uh, Pat, you talked before on a couple episodes ago, I think it was two or three episodes ago about how some of those things you can program out Mm -hmm. um, through, uh, through some automation rules. Yep. Rules. Mm. Um, I like rules too, depending on if you have, um, we just ran some recently like this, um, front load all of your creative in there and use a rule to turn off the creative you don't want to run and turn on the new creative. So if you've got mm. a promo code or something like that, you're promoting, yeah. use rules to do that. So get all of that information up front 
get it built so that during that big sales time, you know, sales time, you're, you're looking at those metrics and you're actually managing the campaigns instead of like, um, you're, you're blocking and tackling instead of running around um, like a crazy person because maybe you're not hitting sales, you know, when maybe you should be out back packing goods up and getting them out the door. Um, uh, another thing that we've been, we've been doing here that I think works really well, two things. Um, the holidays get really competitive. Layer on the fact that depending on where you're at, you know, it's midterm election time. I know I said I wasn't going to go political, <laughs> but let's be real. That impacts ad space. Uh, and you're going to need to get more competitive with your bids. So manual bid strategies, I would say, shouldn't be employed throughout the holiday season. Um, at least if you are, run some level of enhanced bidding, um, maybe some smart bidding strategies. Basically put the work of AI to good use here. Um, so kind of dig into that. The other thing is audiences. Pat and I both have been diving into audiences more under an observation mode, more or less. But man, the audience targeting with Google ads is in search specifically has become much, uh, it's, it's become much, much better than it, it ever was. And um, so now you can, you can target people who have other interests or maybe they're in market for that type of international travel or, um, you know, home goods or shoot post-secondary education. It just depends on what you're after or lookalike customers. So this is a good time. Make sure you have your, your audience list built up in either Google Analytics or Google Ads. It doesn't matter. Um, but if you don't have them built up, you can't say, I want to remarket or retarget to those people. And you certainly can't tell Google, hey, go find me more people that look like Ashley or that look like Patrick who are buying my stuff. Um, those are pretty easy things to do. And then kind of last, I'll, I'll, I'll close it here to not get to get too lengthy here, are um, get your ads up to um, the proper ad unit, if you will, the, the mm -hmm. tactics. Um I guess proper ad standards, I should say. So we're talking moving past expanded text ads, developing more in the responsive search ads. So um, basically you're allowed, uh, is it two, two different headlines, two different descriptions, or three headlines, two descriptions. Yeah. You let machine learning kind of take the wheel and figure out what combination is going to work That's on the best. responsive. That's not Correct. standard. No, that's what I said, responsive. Okay. And it. those should be rolling out to... I know the majority of ours have access to it. Um, and then the other side, too, is extensions. We've talked about it before. We have a, a, a great resource and blog post about them. Don't ignore them. It's really easy to group some like products together at the ad group or the campaign level. Um, I think it's also good. Use it as a promotional push. If you're offering up like special bundle packs or discount codes and coupons or even mm -hmm. you know free shipping... You can put that in there because the consumer is enticed by that stuff and they're going to click on it. You can send them to the same page that you're sending them to uh, for, you know, widget X. It's just your call to action is free shipping, you know. So um, those are kind of some, some quick wins. I think you could easily go through in a day to two days and kind of map out where it is that you want to be. It does go back to maybe Pat's point originally is like, have some goals going into this. Mm -hmm. You know, we did this last year. We want to do X plus, um, find out what worked, what didn't and, uh, and pivot from there. So okay. yeah. 
You have anything to add on that, Pat? Is the other yeah. PVC? Uh, no, it's, it's just take advantage of the tools that are in front of you. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to dig another layer deeper. Yeah, for sure. Try for sure. it. The worst, worst you can do is they're not going to click on it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, only, you're only wasting their money if they're clicking wrong. So yeah. as long as you try something, monitor it, and if it doesn't work, turn it off. And don't get too impatient with it either. I think that um, I, I think the trend lately is consumers are waiting even closer to the holidays now, you know, uh, the major holidays that, um, you know, those big holiday pushes, say, in the beginning of November may not be as successful as they were last year or a couple of years ago because the consumer, unless your deal is that great, the consumer is waiting because we're such an on-demand society that like, hey, I know that if, yeah. if you order that by the 20th, you're going to guarantee that it's going to be to be by Christmas, Yeah, right? With standard shipping. There's the, the game is changing so much with the yeah. online as far as the shopping element of it goes. You know, oh, one other thing I just remembered. Actually, you've been lamenting about this this week. Ad managers, tell your clients to not click on their own ads. Oh, <laughs> yeah, huge. Yeah. Stop searching for your product. Stop clicking on your own ads. <laughs> we get it. We understand. But again, that goes back to um, uh, if, you know, hey, it, if you are an agency... You need to be educating your clients on this. Mm -hmm. If you're in-house, you need to educate others. Educate others on your team. Educate other marketers on this. Um, If you are running ads and you're an ad manager, I would hope that you would just know this. But I think that's really great. (laughs) Hello. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because ads... The, the ads are going to be the you know the first thing that people see so they'll see the name and they'll click on it just That's right. need, yeah don't don't, don't click on the don't. ad power and brand recognition <laughs> if, you, if you catch them doing it say hey that just cost you $2.31 yeah. yeah. just letting you know maybe you should teach them how to bookmark something uh-huh. you know and, and we'll leave it at that alright cool man there's a lot of uh, information in this so uh, please uh, stay tuned to the next episode listen or Jeez, read show notes. Don't ask me where I'm going with this. I'm going to end it on this note. And uh, until next time, good luck. This has been the Redirect Podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.